We're together. Hi. Hi, Gladdy B. We love you, Gladdy B. <laughs> we love you. Look, you're not perfect, Gladdy B. But we appreciate the one-person bubble. The single bubble. Yay. So it'll be a surprise to absolutely no one that I've nominated Jem to be my person so in my single bubble. So happy to be bubble. your person. You're always my person. And uh, I'm allowed to nominate you, and so here we are together. Well, should we maybe explain it to our non-Aussie dear listeners? Or even non-New South Wales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Good point. Yes. So basically our Premier said that um, as lockdown's been extended for minimum another month. Oh, God. Oh, God, it hurts. That people living alone can nominate one person to be in like a little singles bubble. Here we are. Yep. And we're together. The kids are at daycare today. Hubs is working. So it's just me and Revs in contact with each other. Bubbled up. Bubbled up. Can I show you something now yeah. that we're IRL? Yeah. Oh, what's happening? Can you see the grey? Yes. Mm. Can you see? I can. They're bad. They're there. They're bad because I don't like them. Yes. If you don't like them, then, you know, let's box dye your hair. Yep. Now that I'm in a bubble with you, I can do it for you. Thank you. Remember when I used to box dye my hair? You used to do it all the time. All the time. When I was a redhead, mm. I did it every, you know, four, three or four weeks. Oh, God. It's fine. It's not a big deal. It's not difficult. Look, I'm happy for you to do it. I just don't know how to do it to myself. Yeah. Well, it's like I'm a gun at plaiting other people's hair. Mm-hmm. Can I plait my own? No. Can anyone plait their own? Isn't that like tickling yourself? <laughs> If you can masturbate, you can plait your own okay. hair. Can you talk this up? Because people wouldn't know this about you. Jem struggled for so long to have any solo time because... I, I think I may have admitted this in an early episode, but I'd never successfully climaxed through self-servicing. <laughs> Self-service. Self-checkout. <laughs> Little DJ sesh south of the border. Until I was 24. I mean, I don't understand how, what you spent your teenage years doing. Flapping around in the wrong places, clearly. Flapping around. Not knowing what I was doing. And you described it as tickling yourself. Can I make a confession that I've never shared with anyone? Of course. The way that I learnt to self-satisfy was Natalie Portman in Black Swan. What? Yes. What do you mean? Go and look it up. No. <laughs> what does she do? There's a scene. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Like, it turned you on? It's a scene where she's pleasuring herself. Yeah. She was on her tummy. Oh, right. And I was like, oh, this might be the game changer oh, that I need. You've got to mix up the position. Yes. Extra oh, friction. Sure. That's what it was. That's what I was needing the right. whole time. Okay. Mm. All right. There you go. Congrats. So thanks, Nat Ports. <laughs> I owe you my life. <laughs> oh, man. We still haven't got you a vibrator. Look, there are many things I realised at the start of us starting our podcast that I said I was going to do, such <laughs> as invest in a vibrator, get Botox. Have I done any of those things? No. Now that I'm in lockdown, three point whatever, am I going to do those things? Hungy P. Babe, if we get you a vibrator, I won't see you for like a month. Bob's not. <laughs> You'll just be like, oh, I can't today. i am got Zooms. <laughs> Zooms. Zooms. <laughs> All right. We're going to hook that up. Someone send Gemma a vibrator. Send it to me and I'll give it to her. <laughs> 
Don't open it. <laughs> no, it needs to be sealed, y'all. Uh, so recently I moved house, as we know, yep. and my dad helped me move and he saw my vibrator. What did he say? Your dad's so awkward. <laughs> he would have been like, oh, I just, uh, Katie, Katie. <laughs> no, he didn't even say anything. He just opened the top drawer and he looked at it. I stood next to him, looking at him, looking away, looking at the ground. Then he closed the drawer, <laughs> but we all felt it. <laughs> and he's like, well, this is very heavy. This is going to take three trips. So, okay, let's box dye your hair. Yep. And when lockdown lifts, yes. get my nails done. Oh, I'm getting Botox. Nails. I'm not messing around anymore. I'm getting on with it. Yep. I just can't believe how lockdown just shows what a thread we're hanging by in terms of being pretty. Like, we're all just trolls living under the bridge. And we do all these things to make ourselves feel put together. And then, you know, you're locked inside for four weeks and you're like, oh, was I ever pretty? <laughs> was I ever pretty without my brows and my Botox and my hair and my nails and my tan and, you know, like... My roots. Holy moly. Yeah. We're all frauds. We're all frauds. And men, I don't know, their hair gets a bit longer. Oh, I know. Poor things. I know. The other day, Hubs was like, shit, I'm going to need a haircut soon. And I was like, don't look at me. And then I was like, you look good. Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah, it's kind of cute. Yeah. That little bit of a caveman vibe. Yeah. Mm. Well, once again, I don't feel sorry for the men's. No, never do. Really need some appointments. Now four more weeks. How are you going to look in four weeks' time? Dude, look at my regrowth. And this is clean hair. I was going to say, it looks all right. No, it's so bad. I can't believe I went fucking platinum blonde right before a lockdown. <laughs> of course oh, that would happen to you. I just want to have a go at the roots myself so badly, but everyone is yelling at me Don't not do to. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm going to look like a skunk. It's fine. I'm it's a be- vibe. It's not a vibe. It is. Billie Eilish said it's a vibe. Oh my God. You and your Billie Eilish. She's my Gandhi. You are obsessed with her. I am obsessed with her and her album just came out. Billie Eilish is like a 21-year-old zygote. Is she 21? I don't know. What is she? I think she might be 19. Okay, so she's young is my point. (laughs) She can pull off skunky regrowth. Me, without all my other things going on, I can't pull it off. Anyway. Look, it's not great. The longer I look at it, the more I'm like, yeah. (laughs) It just gets worse. It does. I reckon I can go four more weeks without Botox and not a day longer. So this lockdown better lift at the end of August or... It's not going to though, is it? It's not going (laughs) to. No, it has to. But it's not going to. No, it has to. Alrighty, on that note... Shall we get into the potty? Only 10 men in. 10 men in? Yeah, do it. We have a thousand things to do, but we'd rather chat to you. With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, a.k.a. Gemma Peanut on the gram, along with my co-host, Revs. Revs. My oh my, what a bubbly day. I love how we didn't harmonise after we outed ourselves for being shit at singing. Well, you outed yourself for being shit at harmonising, and I'm always on the melody, baby. Snapdragon! Ah! No, look, we used to have a vibe, and that vibe 
is long gone. That vibe has died. So, dear listeners, Rebs and I, we hit a bit of an epiphany. Because we have now officially been in lockdown for over a month, we're not living. And when you're not living, you got no stories. No stories. <laughs> None. Nothing. Nothing's going on. It's a desert over here. You, you call each other and you say, hey, what's happening? And everyone's like, you know, <laughs> everything's shut. I sit in my house. I try and work from home with children in my lap. It's Groundhog Day. That's all you've got. Another fucking walk. I mean, what else is there? Not much. Just get on Instagram and just rage at the anti-vaxxers. I guess that's all we have. I did have to laugh. So Revs and I, obviously, we don't talk to each other about what we're posting on our personal socials. You could run it by me a little more. Sure. Pish posh. <laughs> but it was so funny because on Monday we simultaneously oh, posted yeah. completely polarizing things. <gasps> Revs was like, all right, everyone, let's have a wind. <laughs> At the same time that I was like, everyone's doing it tough. We need good news stories. Share your small wins with me below. <laughs> we just on such different vibe trains. I know. And you DM'd me and you were like, oh, we're on a different vibe today. And I was like, what is she talking about? And then I saw your stories and you're like, tell me what's going on in your happy world. And I'm like, tell me what's fucking you off today. (laughs) And that's you and that's me. That's us in a nutshell, really. Yeah, I get pissed off. You get grateful. It's very hard to have anything to look forward to at the moment. It is. Yesterday, Hubs and I officially cancelled our second holiday. Hubs and I had our first trip planned without kids. A trip that didn't involve going to someone's wedding where we had all this shit to do. It was our first trip where it was like, the two of us are going to go and do three nights in the Blue Mountains. We're going to hike. We're going to do all the things that lovers do. Oh, yeah. And just reconnect. Because fuck do we need it we have felt like housemates tag teaming the parent duties barely looking each other in the eye snuffing the sex candle yep all of that That we were really looking forward to it. We've been talking about it for months. Like we had a countdown going on to it. So that was gone because that was in July. And now we're in August. Yep. Lockdown's been extended by four weeks. We've just had to cancel our family holiday to Cabarita. Mm. And look, I realise being able to book a holiday is a champagne problem. Mm Mm-hmm. But you know what? I've been working so hard. I know. It was that light at the end of a very, very long tunnel. And I'm bitter about it. Yeah. I'm just going to say it on Whinge FM. I am bitter. Yeah. It's fucking you off, you could say. It's fucking me off. Searching for that gratitude. Better go on another walk and stare at some ocean views. (laughs) Better go find some dolphins. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Look, I have been doing the sunset walks. I don't have the kids this week, so I've been 5.30 walks along the beach. Is it weird that I'm jealous? No, no one talks about this. It's a little bit of a... Look, there's a lot of shit things about going through a separation. I miss my kids desperately. Do you? In homeschool learning? Do you? (laughs) I do, I do. Look, by the seventh day of solo parenting, I'm like, get them out of here! But then after like a day and a half on my own, I'm like, can they come back now? I don't need seven days off, but you know, such is life. The perk is... At 5.30, I go and do a sunset walk on the beach, listen to music. Sometimes I take wine in a keep cup and it's fucking glorious. And you just picture me elbow deep in bubble bath, scrubbing my kids. Fish finger crust on your head. (laughs) Yeah. And I, you know, feel pretty smug. (laughs) (laughs) Don't blame you. (laughs) But yeah, no, I mean, I'm not going to paint it as a rosy picture or anything. No, glorify separation. (laughs) Someone's got to. (laughs) silver lining that's it (laughs) 
I moved into my apartment on my own was the day lockdown started. I know, you poor so bugger. it's just been really... Bleak. Really fucking bleak. It's been dark. It's been dark. But we're okay. Jimmy Brings, I'm single-handedly keeping Jimmy Brings afloat. I know you all think you are, but I am. Jimmy Brings afloat? Oh, no. Forget you don't drink. Jimmy Brings. It's an app where you order booze and it arrives oh. within 30 minutes. Once again, I'm on the outer looking <laughs> in at the cool kids, <laughs> wishing I was one of them. But my healthy liver is smug. Okay. You know it's bad when they're like, your next one's free. And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm a very valued customer. You've got a loyalty card. I've got a loyalty card. you got 10 stamps. <laughs> so you get the free delivery. It's eight. Eight. Every eighth one. Oh, God. Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag open to partnership. Slide on in, Jimmy. Slide on in. Do you know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for, Revzy? Let me, let me pose this as a question. Do you have investments? Yes. Well, what do you mean? Like, do you have crypto? No. Do you have shares? Some, yes. What the fuck? I know, but I have a husband who works in finance. I missed this class. No, there is no class. I have quite passionate views about schooling. And some real gaps yes. when it comes to life hacks yeah. that aren't being taught in school that need to be taught in school. Yeah, like what to do with your fucking money. Yes. So I'm 36. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? <laughs> what happened there? I'm having a stroke. <laughs> It's the first time I've said I'm 36. For a second, I literally saw that <laughs> emoji. That one and the blonde bob chick with her hand up. <laughs> That's also me. <laughs> Vaccinate me! <laughs> Vaccinate me! I'm here! <laughs> Who's free this week? Me! <laughs> yeah, I'm 36 and I have no investments. That's not true. Here's the kick of property. You have a property investment. Yes, I guess, yes. Not I guess, you do. Yes, okay. <laughs> but I don't have any crypto. Yep. I don't have any shares. Yep. I don't have any bonds or I have a savings account. Yep. But I, I also drained my super in the last lockdown. Mm-hmm. Am I fucked? No. How do I get started? You can start being good with your money at any age. Okay, but how do you get into investments? And how do you know what's smart? And like, is this a really basic question? No, it's not a basic question. But you can engage in working with a financial advisor on these things. But how where do they, you know they're good? You just need... A really good recommendation. I, I agree. There's a lot out there who are probably selling snake oil. Well, and also, how do you know it's not going into, I don't know, like fossil fuels or something terrible or gambling? You can find that out. Yeah, right. Yeah. But who you bank with? But can I get rich off fossil fuels? <laughs> and should I invest there? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I wouldn't. I do have a moral code. I've just started to notice around me that people are really adult with their money and I feel silly and I will need to get on board quickly. Well, I feel like, have you got something set up for the kids? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like bank accounts. Yeah, but you would have done research <laughs> to make sure that those accounts have the highest interest rates and there are bank accounts you can set up for your kids that you can't access for like 10 years and then therefore you get a higher rate of interest. I and think then... it was just like, can this go on my net bank so I can easily chuck 50 bucks in there when I want? Yes, it can. Let's do it. Okay, so... <laughs> We need to talk about compounding interest. Okay. <laughs> You've got to talk to a professional about this yeah. kind of stuff. But what what is it that you want? What are your financial goals? Oh, I goals? just want to be really rich. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I just want to be smart. Like now that I'm single and I don't want to be a single mum with 
no fucking idea. Do you know what I mean? Like I want to be smart about it and I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just saying I'm looking around and seeing people talk about their crypto and their investments and their self-managed super and their shares portfolio. And I'm like, did I like fall asleep and miss a whole class? It's not taught in school. And no, it's I know, a- but like in life. No, like, but it's how a- did I come this far and not even be aware of it, you know? I would say that you're actually part of the majority, not the minority, despite think? how you feel. Okay. Yeah, for sure. There are so many people out there who don't know how to manage their money, Yeah. who break it down to as simple as I have savings and then I have spend money. Yeah. And then I try and have a buffer of savings yeah. to fall back on and that's it. Or after pay everything. Is that also a technique? Oh my God. After pay <laughs> is the devil. I equate after pay to pokies machines. No. Yes. No. Yes. No it's way. It's such a slippery slope. It's not. It's fine. It's no. just manageable. I'm old school. I'm going to be teaching my kids kids the importance of saving for something not buying something and then paying it off after you've experienced the joy now revs you are a classic i go to a cafe i want to pay for my food up front and then enjoy it i don't want to eat my food first and then pay a bill because i've eaten it i don't want it anymore yeah exactly (laughs) but i want the nice bed sheets now and i want to pay for them in four smaller installments no she's upset with me she's upset with me mummy don't be mad (laughs) Don't be mad, Mum. I feel like I need to educate your kids for you. I feel a responsibility. Lucky you're their fairy godmother. Yes, on how to manage their money. I know. I genuinely believe that this needs to be something added into school curriculum. Yes, it does. Even just to understand it. Because it's not like... I think a lot of my... Um, problem is ignorance. It's not that I'm like I'm reckless. I just don't understand it. Yeah. Like, and I want to. I don't want to be stupid or ignorant to it anymore. I actually want to fully understand how these things work so I can decide what would work for me, you know? But yeah, no, I definitely just have savings, cash, disposable income. And then like, yeah, like you said, the buffer and that's it. Mm. I just feel like there's some other things I could be doing. I'm sure there is. Mm. If you've got savings and take a proportion of those savings and make that money work for you, yes, there are the options. Thing, this is the thing adults say, make the money work for you. Mm. What does that mean? This is why you need to meet with a financial <laughs> advisor. I am not a financial <laughs> advisor, so I'm not going to give advice on finance. All right. Well, I just don't have time for myself with this. That's Okay. It all starts with tracking your spending. No, don't make me. No, you got to. <laughs> you've really got to. I don't know. Like, for me, you've just, you have to make sacrifices in life. Like, people who say, you can have it all. You know, those people who spruik that yeah, shit yeah, yeah. on Instagram. It's like, you can have the career and be the amazing mum. Like, something's got to give. So, I'll give you an example. Hubs and I, we actually sit down and have this conversation, but we decided what's high priority for us and what's low priority. I said to him that when I went to uni, when I was broke as a joke, I literally lived on every single day for lunch, a can of tuna and a 30 cent bread roll. And it was delicious. (laughs) And that's how I saved money when I was at uni. Now he and I agree that spending money on fancy food is a fast way to burn a hole in your pocket at the moment. I know people are going to rage at me, but I, I do think there's merit to the whole avocado on toast analogy and the millennials I'm shaking not, my head you're shaking your head but it's true like you have to make choices about okay I'm not going to spend on that I'll, I'll spend on this yeah so for us hubs and I we just don't really eat out very often it's just something that we don't do and it's amazing how when you're out of the habit of it that you don't miss it 
for us to go out to a nice restaurant like sake or when I go for a girl's night out and we go to Hugo's, like that's special. Yeah. It's not our normal. Could we go out and do those things every weekend if we wanted to? Of course we do. Do we have the money to do that? Yes, we do. But long term, we have other financial goals. We make those sacrifices. And the biggest mistake that people make, and this is why I hate afterpay and credit cards, is that people live beyond their means. Yeah. The other mistake people make is when they get a promotion, they go, oh, make it rain. And then they shift their lifestyle to this new level of income that they now get. But why not just stay where you're at and then put all that additional money in savings? Ugh. Yeah, I know you. I know you're right. You're falling asleep on me. Is this like sleep? Is this like, like when you talk about alcohol and, <laughs> and I just go and have a quick little yeah, nap? It's like when I'm an expert on alcohol. <laughs> no, do you know what it is? This is all pay off if you live to an old age and all your sown seeds blossom. I'm just a little bit more of a like live for now. Of course person. you are. You're not guaranteed any future. I don't know. What if you saved and saved and didn't go to Saki and Hugo's and then you died at 45 with a lot of savings? And do you know what I won't be saying in my grave as I'm rolling over? Fuck, I wish I ate more sake. No? No. What will you be saying? Fuck, I wish I spent more time with my kids making memories. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Why does going out for lunch rob you of memories with your kids? Because Hubs and I would prefer to save up and have really nice, fun holidays. Right, okay. Then okay. regularly well, you had eat. to say that for there to be any context over your deathbed regret. No, I like playing guessing games with our dear listeners and you. I like you guys trying to read the subtext <laughs> and my mind. I think the reason why this is on your mind is because you're living this separated life of co-parenting and you're now responsible for yourself. Yeah. That I think you're sort of waking up to the situation of, cool, I got to like deal with these adult things. Well, I got to get my ducks in a row and be smart. Like something I'm really passionate about in terms of raising girls in particular mm. is to never relinquish financial control yeah. to a partner. Yeah. The common dynamic is that men look after the household bills mm. and all those kinds of things. Now, even though my husband is in finance, I'm in charge of all of that stuff because yeah. I want to empower myself. I kind of want him to need me. <laughs> I want him to be like, shit, I don't know how to do life without Jeff. <laughs> but it's something my mum taught me to never lose that confidence with handling mm. those basic things in life. Yeah. Just don't hand them over to someone to control when you can do it. 100%. Because I never want my life to be governed by fear. Yeah. But also another common thing, people stay in a marriage because the idea of having to manage all of those things by themselves when they haven't for so long becomes absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Which I understand. So don't get out of practice of it. Mm. Okay. So maybe I should see a financial advisor. Yeah, babe. I know it's not fun. It's not sexy. It's not like drinking margies. But, you know, I'm here to help you, support you. Mm. It it is boring, but I I am a long-term planner. Yeah. Always. I just hope it all comes off for you. What do you mean? I don't feel like I'm living this awful life of sacrifice. I know, I know. I think it's just like well-made plans, you know? Sure. So I'm not trying to rail against it. Like, I know it's smart. Yeah, but making those plans no matter what happens in your life, is still always going to serve you better than making no plans. Yes, that's so true. Yes, well-made plans. Yeah. And then life throws you curveballs, separation, deaths, like a whole heap of things. But you're still going to be better off by having a little bit of projection to the future. You have to. Yeah. Otherwise, then what? 
Yeah. To me, I can't live with the anxiety of not having a safety net that Hubs and I are trying currently. Like we know we're in our hardest working years. Yeah. In our 30s and most likely 40s. But we're okay with that, with the knowledge that we're trying to build something in the future. And yeah, this is the thing with millennials, right? Is we're we're very generation now. Yeah. Hence afterpay. Yeah. Hence credit card debt. And all that dangerous stuff. You can have this fuck off and die huge 75-inch TV now. And you can pay for it over the next five years. And I know I'm going to bring it back to the big G word. God? (laughs) Lol. (laughs) Gratitude. Oh, gratitude. Gotta have it. You've got to have it. And my favorite (laughs) saying, I'm going to turn into a cheese bag for a second. But it's someone else in the world is happy with less than what you have. Yeah, totally. I don't know if it's my upbringing. I grew up in a third world country through my childhood. I saw real suffering and I saw smiles on people's faces who have way less than what I had as a kid. And I woke me up to like, fuck, like if they're smiling and laughing through adversity, what the fuck do I have to complain about Mm. as we open this podcast and we're complaining about lockdown? But I think that's fair. (laughs) Feels fair. Feels, Feels fair. fair. Do you know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for? The hate going on at the moment online and the aggressive nature of anti-vaxxers. It's so tiring. It's exhausting. It's so tiring. So I posted something on Instagram stories about my utter disdain for the protests that went on in Sydney. Yeah. Look, I am all for the fact that we live in a democracy and mm-hmm. that you actually have rights to protest but there's a time and a place and right in the thick of lockdown during a pandemic it's just not it it's just reckless and also (sighs) reckless selfish arrogant ignorant (laughs) shall I go on but I ended up posting about it on my Instagram stories and within minutes I had to take it down because I had someone slide into my dms starting to lecture me about why I shouldn't get vaccinated Mm. and all the conspiracy theories, blah, 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 all that stuff. And I was like, you know what? I was in such a bad place mentally from witnessing those rallies on TV. And I think a lot of people feel the anger that I had to take it down because I was like, you know what? It's not worth it. I want to be a voice for this. Yeah. But right now I can't do it and I need to be with my family and I need to protect myself. Perhaps we can talk about it here because... Get fucking vaccinated. Everyone get vaccinated. No one knows better than the experts. It is so arrogant and ignorant of people to be like, "Mm, actually I've read something online so I know better than the experts in their field who have dedicated their life to the science of this problem. Like imagine being a little baby and being like, I want to be an epidemiologist and dedicating your whole life to advancing society in case there's ever a pandemic and there's a pandemic and then people are like "Mm, no I sell socks in Mullumbimby so I think I know better (laughs) like no yeah no no and it's not a difference of opinion and it's not freedom of speech and it's not no one's freedoms have been taken away everyone is being kept safe I think that's the thing that I struggled most with the rallies where people were saying they were fighting for their freedom and fighting for their human rights. I mean, where are these people on on January 26th? And where are they during the BLM movement? And were they marching for marriage equality? You know, like, that's freedom. That's human rights. We all hate fucking lockdown. We all hate it. Yes. We hate it. But we're doing it for each other. Pro-vaxxers, we're pissed at the government too. Yes. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. We're frustrated. 
In my opinion, it's as simple as, hey, government, we listened to you. We stayed at home when you told us to. We wore masks when you told us to. We closed down our businesses when you told us to. All we're asking is for you to get us fucking vaccinated. Get us fucking vaccinated. And you haven't done it. Yeah. I mean, personally, I would love them to just load up backpacks and walk around and knock on doors and just jab arms, (laughs) you know, like get it done. Obviously, people aren't coming out to get their jabs if they can. And the ones who want them can't get them. And there isn't enough stock. It's a fucking mess. But what we don't need is this ignorant, stupid vitriol going around and people attacking people online like they know anything but i will say i have empathy for some of the anti-vaxxers because i do think that there is a, a percentage of people who are reading the wrong information and the thing is there is so much information swelling around the internet there's so much and i get it you're like what do i believe anymore so let's strip it all back yeah believe the people who have dedicated their lives to this. Now, if you need some context on why I am very pro-vaccine, I have family members who have careers in the field of medicine. I've got a cousin who's a liver and pancreatic surgeon. I've got a cousin who's a nurse. I've got another cousin who's a podiatrist. My cousin who was a retired nurse has gone back into the workforce because they're calling all of their nurses to come in. Anyway, my point is they all studied for years. They have given their lives to serve Yes. How can I turn around to my cousin who has studied for 20 years and go, oh, but I read this thing or I saw this thing or I watched a YouTube video. Like this claiming of do your research. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't know everything, but do they? We don't understand the language of chemistry and medicine because we're not studied in it. Yeah. I trust in the scientists and the doctors who are doing the research and can actually understand it on our behalf. I guess the argument would be, oh, well, the system's not set up for you to trust anyone else, like, because it's set up in this way that's to control and manipulate society. Like, is that the argument? Which I guess is what we would use for feminism, say. We would say, like, well, yeah, you, you inherently feel misogyny because you were brought up in a system that, you know, so I guess that logic is sort of being applied yes. to authority yep. in this way. Where I think it's different is science and medicine and our systems we have to keep our society safe are there to benefit every They're there to serve people and keep everyone safe democratically. You know, it doesn't always work that way. There's a lot of class stuff involved in this, right? But do no harm and the Hippocratic Oath. The patriarchy is absolutely there to serve men. But this is like to keep us all safe. We all need to sacrifice a little bit to come together. I don't know. I'm just getting so tired of the whole thing. They've just worn me down. Mm. And do you know what is almost worse than the anti-vaxxers? It's not, but it's just, it's also exhausting. Is those over 40 and over 60 who have hesitancy or apathy towards it, who could go and get a jab today and haven't done it? No, Revs, I understand their hesitancy. I don't. No, I do. We need to get this done. Because the messaging is so confusing. I know. Like you have to understand, right? So the government effed up. They backed the wrong horse. So we have no vaccine for our population or not enough vaccines for our population at the moment we're getting a million a week yeah we've still got a lot of people to get vaccinated to get 80 percent immunity of yeah. our country scomo because of the fuck up with the vaccine they needed to buy their time yeah. so what they did was plant a seed of doubt 
of like, oh no, but you don't need the vaccine because we don't really have cases. So don't you, you don't need to be in a rush. Like that was what I took from the messaging, whether that was his intention or not, mm. was like, we're in a safe haven. So don't worry about it. But that's them covering their asses yeah. to buy them time. But what they didn't prepare for was how that would breed. Oh, so there is something to question yeah. about the vaccine. So people who have vaccine hesitancy, I think they are justified in their feelings yeah. of being unsure. Yeah. I genuinely believe yeah. that. Yeah. However, if we break down the risks in percentages. Yeah. COVID is 3,000 times more dangerous than the AstraZeneca vaccine. 3,000 times. Yeah. Like, like literally, what else do you need to know? Literally, someone slid into my DMs and said that, oh, but haven't you seen what the vaccine is doing to people? And I'm like, where are you consuming this content? Well, no one in hospital has been vaccinated. And also, a sore arm... Yeah. Gets counted as a vaccine injury yeah. by anti-vaxxers. It helps skew the numbers in their favour. Yeah, I heard someone call it being maimed. Oh, having a sore arm for two days. I mean, try being on a fucking ventilator with your lungs shutting down. Yeah. And oh. also, I've got so many friends who are nurses and paramedics, and it's such a slap in the face to them. I know. I want to be respectful to people of a difference of opinion. Mm-hmm. So they're anti-masks, anti-lockdown, anti-vaccines. What solutions yeah. are they bringing? Oh my god, like, great point. I would be so open great point. to it. Yeah. If they went, here's why we think sunshine, Jem. Get out in the sunshine. Put I your can't. feet in the ground. Like honestly, is there solution? Should we not wear masks? Should we not get vaccinated? Should we let the virus ravage the country? Yeah, just so let the, it run and let all the people, everyone die. That's I think is that the option? No, but their argument will be, but the recovery rate is this, and right. people won't die. But okay, people won't die. But what they will do is put a huge amount of pressure on, on our the medical health systems resources. And then if you break your leg, or if your kid breaks their nose, or falls off a thing, or has croup, or, or God forbid you have cancer, yeah, and you need a there life, are no beds for you. There's no beds for you yeah. because yeah. there are people on ventilators taking up every single hospital. If you're an anti-vaxxer. Slide in and give me your exit plan yeah. and solution. Like, I I genuinely want to hear how oh, you think. Oh, Chummy, I'm worried for you. I don't know. Maybe I don't want to hear, but <laughs> I don't know. I just, I'm trying to be open. Yeah. I'm trying really hard to see it from their perspective. Just hear a lot of yelling yeah. and a lot of my body, my choice and well, fighting for my for liberties. Me, it's so selfish. It's mm. so selfish. Sure, your body, your choice. What about your community? Mm. What about the more vulnerable people in your community and the elderly people in your community and the children and like what about those people because that's who you're affecting sure you do what the fuck you want with your body you know i'm not going to stop anyone going and doing fucking ketamine or like yeah. shooting up in the public toilet whatever you, you do whatever you want to you but your choice has consequences on your community yeah and i just think it's so selfish and it's so disgustingly privileged okay white blonde lady barefoot in byron with your acreage and your fucking chickens and your beetroots that you've planted FaceTime the shift worker in Fairfield who lives in a high-density apartment block and tell them to just go outside and get some sunshine when they have to go to work in Ikea for 
forklift and they're exposed to COVID and then bring it home and infect their whole household and then their grandparents die. You know, it's like mm. the privilege yeah. saying like, we just let this thing run and go out in the sunshine. But also but that's did, just not people's lives. But do they need to see the death around them? Because sometimes I feel like that's yeah. what they need to see. It just brings out so much ugliness in us. Listen to us. They need to see the death around them. Like I'm with you, but it's just so ugly. But I genuinely feel, is there a lack of exposure to this shit? Yeah, because we're not being led. That's the problem. We're not being well. led. We ha- we are rudderless because we don't have a leader. Yeah. Like the premiers, I think are doing really well. Uh, you know, say what you would about all of them, but they at least they're stepping up daily and working their asses off to try and do the right thing. They're fighting an uphill battle. They have no federal support. I know we're always going on about Jacinda and New Zealand and how great she's, but she is a leader. She unites everyone quickly and gives really tangible, inclusive examples about how to do the right thing by mm. each other. And ScoMo, I was talking to my sister about this last night. His general attitude is just like, oh, what now? What do you want now, Australia? (laughs) I'm trying to have a nap. What do you want? (laughs) Like, that is his, that's how he gets about. That's his tone. We are the Paris Commune and we're eating each other alive. And it's completely divisive because no one is uniting us. So here's why I'm going to announce that I'm running for city council. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Never. I would never. never. (laughs) Never, Never, Never would I ever. And I realized that this podcast could be polarizing, but at the very least, I don't care. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's okay. You're entitled to your opinion. Can we not look at the facts? Well, facts, but also let's look at how vaccines have served us in history. Yes. Measles, mumps, rubella, polio, yeah. all these things. Eradicated. Eradicated. Smallpox. Because of vaccinations. Like, yeah. it wasn't that sunshine fixed it. <laughs> and people in third world countries are running to vaccine oh, stands. Like, imagine. they are desperate to get their children back. Like, I like, I find it really interesting. Like, I had someone tell me once, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, I'm just pro-safety. <laughs> and I instantly went, oh, so I'm not pro-safety. That's where I've gone wrong. I'm really reckless with the decisions of vaccinating my children. It's like, no, of course I'm pro-safety. Oh, I'm (laughs) pro-danger. When it comes to my kids, I'm pro-danger. Okay, you can really tell that we haven't been living. I know. Because we're... We're now ranting. Oh, my God. Once again. Someone help us out of here. Dear listeners, Revs and I sat down to record this pod and we were like, let's do an AMA, a really lighthearted AMA. And suddenly, oh, my God. Like, I promise you, we did not have a conversation and go, let's record an episode and talk about vaccines and anti-vaxxers. Oh, my God. And where are we? Oh, my God. Okay, well, let's just do some quick fun AMA questions yeah, that the dear listeners have l- sent through because we've got to get off this train. I don't want to make anyone depressed. We're no. all about fun here. Okay, what's your favourite ice cream flavour? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kate. Yes, I love trivial shit. All right, my favourite ice cream flavour is... Mint choc chip. Oh, you stole my thunder. Nothing's better. Nothing's better. And you know what? People who throw shade at it, calling it chocolate toothpaste, fuck you guys. You don't know how to live. You're wrong. Also, I like Ben and Jerry's strawberry cheesecake. Not here for that. Oh, it's elite. Nah. What, you don't like cheesecake? You don't like strawberries? You like biscuit in ice cream? Nah, I'm fussy about ice cream. And do you know what? I'm a snob about the mint flavour. There's mint and then there's mint. <laughs> What's the good mint? The good mint is the artificial yeah, yeah, tasting the fake mint. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been Spear to mint. I've been to fancy gelato places yeah. where they go for the real mint, no, as in the mint leaf flavour, and I'm like, no. what is this trash in my mouth? <laughs> Absolutely. Can not. I out you though? Dear listeners, 
Revs likes fake banana flavoured things. Love it. Love banana milkshake. Nah. Milkshake, not smoothie. Milkshake. Love a banana paddle pop. I love the little lolly bananas. Nah, yeah, nah. All about it. To their grave they go. I can't stand those. To things. their grave they go. <laughs> Exit stage left. All right, what other lighthearted shit have we got in here? All right, what is a toy you wish you received as a kid that you didn't? Trampoline. Oh, trampoline. I never had a trampoline growing up. Oh. And weirdly, I don't want to get one for my kids because I don't want the grass to die underneath it. Okay. Okay. Is that weird? It's called a hereditary cycle, <laughs> and you are perpetuating it. I am. <laughs> you know what, Rafa and Iggy, when they have kids one day, if I see a giant trampoline in their backyards, I'll know that they're breaking the cycle. You know what, I Rafa has a let's get a trampoline vibe about her. <laughs> For sure. All right, Christy says, everything you wish you knew before you started having kids. Christy, what the fuck? How are we going to do that? How are we possibly going to have that kind of hindsight after raging at the anti-vaxxers? Where the fuck do you get off, Christy? Everything you wish you knew. (laughs) Fucking Um, Christy. No, no, don't be unkind to Christy. I love you, Christy. I love you. Christy, can I just say... We have 37 episodes of this podcast. In a number of them, we talk about parenting. Go have a listen to our back catalogue. Might find some answers. Next. Okay. Has mumming ever made you seriously lose your shit, i.e. punched a hole in a door? I've never punched a hole in a door. I have screamed very loudly in the middle of the night. Oh, there's a story attached to that. I well, need to hear it's, it. it's sad. Oh. <laughs> it's just that Isla, as we know, didn't sleep. When she was four, I just hit my limit and I had a new baby and she would not sleep. And then I was trying so hard to implement these things that sleep training people had taught me and it wasn't working because she was too old. And then so we started having fights mm. in the middle of the night. Like, so not just like having to sit there or whatever, but we would actually have fights because I was trying to win the process. And so I had this tiny little tyrant yelling at me. And one night I yelled back at her. So like, you know, like that yell where you're not in control. Yeah. And it was something like, just fucking go to sleep for once in your fucking life or something like that. Classy, and, uh, Revs. I was put back to bed and uh, told not to come out for a while. <laughs> but I'm lucky that the police weren't called. Oh, dear. <laughs> but no, I've never punched a hole in a door. I have cried hot tears in a car. Oh, babe, I call that Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Let me add context to this story. So we all know Rafa's a runner. Rafa's old daycare was on a very main road, which is quite stressful. Mm. It's double gated and all that stuff. But anyway, this one day there was no park in the car park, so I had to park on the road. I opened the gate and Rafa made a beeline to the road. She was just off like a road runner. I was holding Iggy at this stage, who was about eight weeks old. And it's that age where they've got floppy neck. You know, they're not latched on like a koala. Useless, Useless. needed two (laughs) arms to be held. And I have never run so far. I did that kind of yell of her name, like, Rafa! I can kind of equate it to, you know, the Sex and the City movie when Charlotte, Charlotte, the guttural, no control. Yeah. Yelled out at her and then I had to crash tackle her like a rugby oh player to the ground while holding, while eight holding oh. an eight-week-old. It was an intensely dangerous situation. Mm. Iggy was crying because, of course, he was collateral damage. <laughs> 
Rafa cried because I crash tackled her to the ground. Who wouldn't? And I cried because I felt like I saw yeah. her life flash yeah. before my eyes. Oh like my it God. was just yeah. horrendous. They were both crying. And then, of course, Rafa was at that classic age of resisting the car seat. Oh. She was already an emotional wreck. I just, you know, when you just need to get your kids in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was frantically trying to strap them both in while there's cars zooming by. Oh, God. You know, the weirdest yeah. thing was oh. when I was lying on the floor... With my two babies, all these cars drove by and not one car stopped. And I just remember thinking the person who drove by at that exact moment must have been like, what the fuck did I just see happen? But anyway, it was such an intense experience. When I eventually got them strapped in and drove home, I called my mum and I was just hysterical. I had hot tears Mm. pouring down my cheeks and I was like, that was, you know, I just couldn't handle what had happened. And that was one of my most stressful. What was the question? (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever punched a door in? I'm mumming so badly. I, I could have just said no. <laughs> I enjoyed your story. <laughs> okay, please more tips about going from one to two. I'm due in December and scared. And you should be, Kat. You should be. <laughs> yeah, it's a big shift. I just had this conversation with my sister-in-law yeah. who's just had her second, I think two months ago now. And she said to me, oh my God, the shift from one kid to two was quite a shock to the system. It was one that she wasn't prepared for because her firstborn was at an age where things are going good. We found our rhythm and flow. We found our way of communicating. And she was like, I've got this. Let's throw in a second child. I'm a more confident, more prepared mother. But what you don't prepare for when you go from one to two is the relentlessness of it. It means that you and your partner, assuming you're you're about to have a second with a partner, is that you can no longer tag team the child and get me time. Yeah, it's It's divide and conquer. It's divide and conquer. You don't get a break. And that's the only way I can describe going from one to multiples is the absolute relentlessness of never getting a break. But not to freak Kat out. Okay. Because... December's not that far away. (laughs) So, Kat, when you see your firstborn love on your secondborn, your heart will explode into tiny bits of heart-shaped confetti (laughs) and you'll be like... Oh my God, I had this second baby for you to have a sibling. And it all does get easier. It just does. Yeah. They'll play together. Eventually there isn't a nap juggle and a schedule juggle and all those. Well, I guess there is, but it just, it does get easier. It does. I got to say with a six and a four year old, I can take them on my own easily. And it's not a huge drama. Question. Yes. Do they play well together at times? Sometimes. And sometimes they straight up want to murder each other. Yeah. Yeah. They're siblings. That's the dynamic. That's the dynamic, baby. Right, something Next. funny. Something funny. Keep it light. Um, house revs doing shush. Okay. <laughs> Travel stories. No. What else have we got? Tantrums. No. Oh, here's an interesting one. Yep. Camilla says, did you both know you wanted two kids before starting a family or decide after? Were you and the dad on the same page about the number of kids? So, interesting story for you. Yeah. My husband has a mate who got married and then one day... After they signed on the dotted line, he was like, so shall we start trying for kids? And she said, oh, no, I don't want kids. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. They didn't have that chat before. They never had the chat. It was. (laughs) He made that assumption that she would want to have children and she 
What did they talk about them when they were wild in love? This is what fascinates me. There are some couples out there who actually don't check that they've got the big rocks in place. And by big rocks, I mean shared values, shared future plans. You mean diamond ring that you're going to lose one day. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) I still haven't found my ring. I know. But that blew my mind. And then they promptly separated. But like, you know, when you're like madly in love and you realize it's your person. And And you like name your kids before they're even born. You're like, do you want kids one day? How many kids do you want a boy and a girl what we call them you know all that shit like what did you do in that phase i want to know (laughs) what replaces that if you don't do all that maybe they were just really like practical people yeah but not practical enough they exist you know i agree to answer a question i always wanted to and was quite like open about wanting to yeah my partner was very happy to stop at one um but then ted snuck in there so two it was hey i won I always wanted three. three. My husband always wanted two. I experienced pregnancy and went, two will do. <laughs> <laughs> two will do. If you don't know me, if you're new to the potty, I had shocking pregnancies. I had a great birth with Rafa. Iggy's birth was horrendous. Pushed me over the edge. Never want to experience birth or pregnancy ever again. Very happy with two. I feel complete. We're just replacing ourselves in the world. Yep. I feel good about that. And hubs won. What have you bought in lockdown and how are you getting through this shit show? Nothing. <laughs> I've bought nothing. I've bought wine. Jimmy Brings. Uh, I've bought vodka. I've bought um, tequila. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, Revs. <laughs> I think that's it. And Uber Eats. Who I've, am I? Who am I? I've eaten my feelings. Help me. Are you my bank account? I'm your liver. <laughs> <laughs> they can go down in a fiery storm together. <laughs> it's like bank account. Grab my hand, liver. <laughs> We're going down together and it's going to be fun. <laughs> Next. How to be okay with the fact that everyone has an opinion and not be mentally affected. Ask us after we drop this episode and, <laughs> and the dear listeners slide into our DMs with anti-vax rhetoric. I wonder if Stella is talking about when you have a kid and everyone around you has an opinion Ooh. or if she's talking about just generally how people just have opinions. No, let's go with the kid route. Yeah. Well, you know, the first time you have a kid, that is really full on, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone's got their opinion. And then eventually you're like, you know what? I don't fucking care what you have to say. I mean, Revs, you were someone who felt the weight Mm -hmm. of all the opinions because you were kind of the first to have kids in our friendship circle. By the time I had a kid, you had prepared me for the fact that every mother-in-law and their dog (laughs) is going to want to put their parenting tips onto you Mm -hmm. that I sort of let that stuff wash over. But for you, you kind of took it on and wore it for yeah, a while I until you stepped into your power as a mother and went, you know what? I know what's best for my kid. Yeah, no totally. one else. And also, I remember working out one day that when people have strong opinions about things, especially to do with kids, but just generally when anyone has a really strong opinion about things in life, it's usually their shit. Yeah, it's always rooted in it's something. It's always about them and their shit and their experience and it's rarely got anything to do with you. Yeah. So try and let it brush over you I'd say yeah. that sounded like advice we don't give advice on wind sound the alarm <laughs> um, all we've right. lost it let's this just... is what lockdown's done to us dear listeners let's end this with a really fun one pressure pushing down on me pressing down on you my mind has war under pressure no not joining me <laughs> oh is that what you were singing <laughs> I didn't get it until pressure Pushing down on me, pushing down on you, no man is for under pressure. What else would it be? I couldn't make it out at the start. I couldn't make it out. I couldn't. How do you cultivate your own happiness? Look, Kate, that's too much. 
No, no, no. It's too much. Why? How do you cultivate your own happiness? I don't know, because I'm not in a good place. Because oh, of no. lockdown. More food inspo for kids and mums. I'll give you some food inspo. Pick one night of the week and make it breakfast for dinner. Everyone picks a cereal, milk in a bowl, done. Into yeah. the bath, get to bed. I agree. Let yourself off the hook. Let yourself off the hook. It can be eggs if you need it to be protein. That's my advice. I don't think there's anything wrong with peanut butter on toast at bedtime either. Great. If that's how you got to roll. Hey. All right. Well, I think we've done enough there. Have you got a nice not sponsored for me? I've got a TV show. I was hoping you were going to do a skincare offering so that Ooh. I could sing my new jingle. <gasps> What's your new jingle? Guys, I've written a jingle for Rebs because you know how she likes to share skincare on the potty as her not spotty? I love to share skincare. Well, I wrote you a jingle. Go. All right. You ready? Yep. A one, a two, a one, two, three. Skin care. Do you care for skin care? Do you care for skin care? Do you care for skin? I care, I care, I care, I skin care. Do you care for skin care? Do you care for skin care? Rev, she cares for skin care. Oh, well, Mrs. Perdrio would be proud. <laughs> Mrs. Perdrio. That was our music proud. teacher in high school, P.S. Well, I did just buy advanced night repair with my own money. Oh, stop. I you know. bougie bitch. I know. How much did that cost you? Too much. but it's, Oh, that's what I bought in lockdown. No, I finally landed on my five-step skincare after a year of working in beauty. So is this your Not Spunny? No, you... look, my Not Spunny is a rewatch. I'm rewatching a television series, and it's the perfect TV series. Perfect. Can't fault it. Catastrophe. Love Catastrophe. You can watch it on Stan in Australia, but it's an ITV. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where it's streaming. All I know is that I devoured that series. It's so amazing. Sharon Horgan and Rob Delaney, they're two comedians slash actor writers. Yeah. They met on Twitter. I didn't know that. Yes. And then they wrote Catastrophe and it's just perfect show. Yeah. From the scripting to the performances to the way that it's shot. It's the it's, casting of the periphery characters. Yeah, but it's also quite Chekhovian in that mm-hmm. it makes you both laugh and cry yep. at the same time. It's tragic and beautiful. Um, the performances are incredible, just incredible. And the characters are so fucking relatable. It's so where we are in our life right now. I'm so in love with both of them. I watched it years ago, and so it's not a new show or anything, but I'm re-watching it this lockdown and just devouring it. Love it so much. Okay, I'm going to jump on your show coattails. Yeah, do it. And also share a show. Yeah. Because let's be honest, we're in lockdown. People yeah. need shit to consume. Yeah. This is a Netflix show. Okay. It was one of those shows where I, I got seduced by the cover image. Okay. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I'll give you a go. There's some pretty colors going on here and I like your fonts. <laughs> it's called Heist. Heist. Hear me out. It follows three of the biggest heists in history in America. But what's so clever about it is that the stories are shared from the perspective of the people who committed the heist. Okay, cool. And each storyline is shared over two episodes. And episode one is my favorite because the protagonist is a woman in her 20s. Imagine being a 20-year-old and committing one of the biggest heists in Ooh, Las is it Vegas. Or something? No, it's money. Ooh, fun. Yeah. Okay, I'll give that one a crack. Uh, look, I wasn't into my orthodox life. It's called my unorthodox life. Sure. I wasn't into it. <laughs> Did you give it a good crack? Yeah, I gave it three eps and I was like, I can't do this. Look, I knew it wouldn't be for everyone. No, I just can't do that reality formulaic thing. It just, it makes me tired. Really? Yeah, there's something about it that's just so predictable. All oh, those shows are the same. But this is the thing. It is contrived. Yeah. And I go so into it. So contrived. It's the perfect word for it. It's it like, is. It's like, oh, hey, I just walked into my kitchen in full hair and makeup. 
up. Um, I've been meaning to talk to you about this piece of exposition. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like no. I can't do it. No, you have to suspend your disbelief. Yeah. as you're watching it, I just I don't know. I'm just fascinated about people who do a 180 on their lives. Yeah. But yeah, all of that reality crap yeah. that has become it's very format. formulaic. It's the format. I can't handle yeah, it. Yeah, and there's a formula to it and I get it. It's scripted and you know that they had a call time and yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's like a producer being like, okay, so today we're going to talk about yeah, how you... put a mic pack on them. Exactly. I'd rather watch scripted drama. Fair call, but if you love a bit of trash like McDonald's... Hey, you've already sold this. Alright. <laughs> My unorthodox life. I'm throwing it in there one more time. Netflix. To the DLs who have slid in and told me that they love the show, thank you. Yes. I feel really, really seen. Yeah, she feels great about it well done guys <laughs> cute outro one of these days we'll have an outro to our podcast we've lost it we've lost it shut it down